Welcome to The BCP and Me, a podcast that explores the Book of Common Prayer as a manual for living out our lives. My name is Father Tyler Richards, and I am joined here by Father Joshua Nelson as we continue our discussion around the Book of Common Prayer. Good evening, Father. Good evening. I've always wanted to say that on something professional. Good evening. I think Boris Karloff, or or yeah. was that was it Boris Karloff, or was it? Um, um, Hitchcock, Alfred Hitchcock. Who was it? Oh yes, Alfred Hitchcock. One of the other. Alfred Hitchcock. Who do you? Anyway, one of the masters of nighttime with American Gothic. Um, which it's interesting that this is where we're starting our conversation with talking about the creepiness of the of the setting of the sun as we take up our discussion on evening prayer. Uh, normally we get in a little more banter than this, but... Uh, well, it is, we are recording this at the beginning of Holy Week, so there's not much banter. <laughs> not much banter to be had. I guess not. With Palm Sunday... I trust behind us for both of us. Yes. And you just in with your with your medicine cabinet ministry, as you have cures now instead of one cure, uh, did you do two services today or just one? No, well the last Sunday of every month, one of my uh, parishes, St. Peter's, does loaves and fishes. So they provide a hot lunch. Oh. For anyone and everyone. And today was ham and potatoes and cookies and green beans. And um, so on the last Sunday of the month, I stay in Gallipolis to help out with that because it starts a little later. Um, and the church in Pomeroy does morning prayer. Oh, okay. Yeah. But was, because today this is part of Holy Week and today is Palm Sunday, which is a big day, um, we did do a liturgy of the palms and then handed out palm branches with the box lunches oh nice yeah well we had liturgy of the palms and passion sunday at saint anne's uh, of course of course we did we were joined today by the right reverend matthew gunter uh he made his annual visit uh it's always great to have your bishop in his church but especially so when you can have your bishop on a high, high holy day. Uh, yeah. And, and, and so I take it he preached today so you didn't have to worry about it. You know, the amazing thing about my life right now is that <laughs> last week we had a special Sunday for um, uh, an organization here in town called the Ecumenical Partnership for Housing. Um they provide housing to people who are transitioning out of homelessness. And we had their executive director come and give an address instead of a sermon and did some fundraising for them last week. And then the bishop came this morning and preached two services. So I am sitting pretty on having not preached in the last two weeks. I hardly know what to do with myself. So every sermon for the rest of Holy Week should be knock them out of the park from you. Should <laughs> <Did> it? <laughs> because we are on a podcast, I just have to let you know that Father Tyler is rolling his eyes heavily at me at the moment. 
uh, let the let the let the liturgies preach that day, perhaps maybe <laughs> something something homiletics. I don't remember. Some someday into the future, we'll we'll break apart the triduum for this podcast, but now is not the time. Now is not the time. So as I teased before, we are having our discussion about um, evening prayer tonight as we, in fact, come to the setting of the sun. And our eyes behold the vesper light. You know, the daily office is, is such a great way to center our lives in Christ, but it's also a great way to center our lives in time. With morning prayer, we get all of the themes with the opening sentences about the sun rising and about light coming into the world. And, and with evening prayer, we get the opposite. We get this image of things coming to an end about how things are how things are slowing down. We even have some of the opening sentences that even point us skyward. The sixth um, collect on page 115, for those of you who are playing along at home, um, it begins this way. Seek him who made the Pleiades and Orion and turns deep darkness into the morning and darkens the day into night who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out upon the surface of the earth. The Lord is his name, which, of course, comes from the book of the prophet Amos. And it's just one of those things that, to me, has always made me stop and consider, well, consider what the other, one of the other sentences from evening prayer says Yours is the day, O God, yours also the night. You established the moon and the sun. You fixed all the boundaries of the earth. You made both summer and winter. And so we get a lot of these pictures of polarities happening naturally in nature. I I want to take this opportunity to share a little uh, antidote about the um, uh, praise him who made the Pleiades and Orion. Mm. Because I, I didn't really... I, we we did vespers at the monastery when I visited, but I didn't really get into evening prayer because I'm a morning person until I went to seminary. Mm. And my midler year, I believe it, it had to have been because the house that we were living in. But my midler year, there was one day that was just, I remember I had just had enough. Yeah. And even had gone to evening prayer and like was not feeling it. And I drove home and the wonderful, one of the wonderful things about Swanee is it's in the middle of nowhere and surrounded by forests and you can see all the stars. Mm. And I got out of my car and I looked up and I could see all the constellations and I walked through my house and Ashton, who Tyler knows well, my roommate um, was sitting on the floor in the living room and he goes, are you okay? And I went, not right now. <laughs> I walked through, straight through, walked straight through to the backyard, and there was a, a pond in our backyard. And I went and stood on the shore of the pond and just stared up and started spinning. And that line just kept coming over and over in my head as I'm literally looking at the Pleiades and Orion 
and realized that my God is so much bigger than my troubles, Mm. than my concerns, than my worries, than anything that can afflict me. Praise him who made these great constellations in the sky. And I found myself just raising my arms. Like, yeah, yeah, and and, I know we've talked about this before with with that, that praise motion, but it was like, Father, I just need you to take me right now. (laughs) <laughs> just hold me hold me in 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 the stars yeah hold me in the blanket of this universe in the blanket of this galaxy and that's that's what that mm. from that point on evening prayer meant something more to me and we would start it and I was immediately brought back to that point and just it allows you to to rest yeah which is what it's about you 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 are handing the day over exactly uh and and that and so much of what you just said speaks to that that in evening prayer in the practice of of evening prayer is sort of the offering up of the day that has been of of the life that we have lived and the things that we have done or left undone Evening prayer follows a lot of the same structure as morning prayer. And after we've after we've begun our service with with an opening sentence or with the service of light, which we will talk about later, um, you know, we take a moment to take stock of things with the confession of sin, which we've talked about before. And the service rolls on. Uh, much, much in the same way that that morning prayer does, except except the invitatory changes. Mm-hmm. It's not, Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall pro- proclaim your praise. It's, Oh God, make speed to save us. Oh Lord, make haste to help us, to support us through the hours of the night. Yeah, for night is coming. Right. The night is <laughs> the night is dark and full of terrors. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about we can talk about New Zealand and night prayer on a different night, but yeah. uh, um, <laughs> but I also want to say that evening prayer is very much a new beginning, and this is this is taking us out of the Western mindset and putting us into the Eastern mindset. Ah, but, um, so morning prayer in a Western mindset that is the beginning. You know, I, I've woken up, I have my coffee. Let us begin the day and we go and be productive capitalist. But in the Eastern mindset, particularly in Judaism, and Christianity has taken this over and we are want to remember it, that the new day begins at sunset. Mm. In Genesis, it is written, it was evening and morning the first day. It was evening and morning the second day. You are with me, O oh God, from my going out and my coming in. Mm-hmm. It, the evening is when, when it starts. Right. Our, and our journey with God begins anew every evening. The Sabbath begins at sunset. And, and there is some comfort that, I, I don't know. Also for me is the knowledge that as I am ending my day, someone else is beginning theirs. Mm-hmm. And so you have in, in prayer, even 
you have the sun and the moon at the same time as the as the sun goes down the moon rises as our prayers are moving ebbing into the evening prayers someone on the other side of the world is beginning their morning prayers and I, I i bet that we could um you and i could work it out with uh gregory jinks uh canon canon gregory that he oh. in Australia is praying, begins morning prayer at the same time that we are beginning evening prayer for the next day. And the cycle just continues. Uh, for those of you who don't know who we're speaking of, Gregory is uh, the dean of the cathedral in, help me, Joshua. <laughs> Brisbane? Uh, no. No, that's not right. Anyway, he's he used to be the the dean of St. George's College in Jerusalem, where Josh and I both did our pilgrimage in the Holy Land. He is the dean of Christ Church Cathedral in Grafton, Australia. Grafton, that's it. Yes. Um, and uh, I know a few Kiwis that might be keen for that sort of experiment, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, and it's important to think about our context as as Christians and rooting that in the practice of of Judaism, because Judaism was, of course, the cradle of our faith. It's where Christianity stems from. Jesus, spoiler alert, was Jewish, um, and, and, and so was Paul. Surprise, surprise! So to be <laughs> um, and and so we do have that sort of force driving our faith. There are elements that remain consistent across from Judaism into Christianity. And perhaps prayer is one of those places. I, I do I do like what you said about, you know, us in the Western world getting up and drinking our coffee and beginning the day and and we think that that is how the day has begun. But of course Genesis reminds us um that that I it just seems to me that the beginning is always constant. It's like St. Benedict says, and always we begin again. Yes. And, and uh, the beginning being an evening, if we, if we get into that, really get into that mindset, it, it says something about Sabbath for us. So mm. Sabbath, we think being one day a week, right? Beginning at sunset, going to sunset, it is all about rest. You work for six days and you rest for one as God laid out for us. But if evening, if the setting of the sun is the beginning of our day, we begin every day resting in God. Mm. And then move into our action. Yeah, that's a good point. God calls us to our rest, or as Jesus puts it, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The yeah, Sabbath not, was made not for to get, people, not people for the Sabbath. Not to get too dark and Shakespearean here, but um, I think of what dreams may come often refers to um, death and eternal sleep. But every night we kind of have that on our mind because you don't know if you're going to wake up, right? Right. But we begin our day with that, beginning our day with, in rest and beginning our day in dreaming. And how that can propel us into our actions each and every day. It reminds me of what um, of what um, Mother Julia Gatta said in one of her lectures in our pastoral theology course 
about why sleep is so terrifying for children because mm-hmm. it feels like a little death. You know, you go to sleep and you kind of go away. But even in that, we are resting in God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and if you, oh, there are so many places we could go with this. Did not expect this, but the neuro, neurological and physiological changes that happen when you sleep. Mm. That is when you actually do your rebirth. That is when your mind and your body actually are reborn. It is in that, that, that daily death. The rebuilding happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. That'll preach. That'll preach this. You know, that might fit in somewhere in Holy week. Uh, Yeah, maybe. So as, as the service rolls along, we have the first canticle that we come to, which takes the place of the Venite or the Jubilate from morning prayer, which is the Fos Hilaron. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Father in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed. Now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. Transcendent is the only word I can use to describe that hymn. And it is a hymn. It's yeah. it's, it's more properly appreciated when it's being sung, if you ask me. But Well, and it is... Um... I mean, really, it it is there next to the Sanctus. Mm. But in the Sanctus, you know, we we join the angel song. Right. But here, this, as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the Vesper light, we sing your praises, O God. Mm-hmm. Not the angels who are with God eternally, there is no night. But we who know night appreciate the glory of God in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. appreciate the light of God mm-hmm. in a different way. Well, and it, it's just amazing to me that a lot of things are amazing to me, but this, this fact that even, even in the night, the light is still there. I mean, gen, taking us back to Genesis again, mm-hmm. the creation story talks about how God creates the two lights the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And still the light is present. It's diminished. It's different, but the light is still there. And as you talked about having this, this moment of seeing the Pleiades and Orion and, and suddenly being reminded of how big your God is, the light continues to shine in the darkness. Mm -hmm. uh, Even at the setting of the sun. When I was in elementary school, I remember we were studying the prairie. We were probably reading Laura Ingalls or something. Um, but we made these um, lantern curtains out of uh, pythons. And you would draw a design on it, and then you just punch holes, little holes into the design to make that tin, and then set that in front of a candle or um, in front of some great light and it diminishes that light and it kind of twinkles throughout the room. Mm-hmm. And how that just changes for, I mean, 
there is no other term for it. it changes literally the atmosphere yeah yeah and so then of course evening prayer continues on again much like the structure of of morning prayer you get you have your psalms that are appointed for the day and then you have your lessons followed by some new some different options for canticles um, one of which, of course, is the Song of Simeon, the Nunc Dimittis, and the other is the great prophetic utterance of Our Lady, uh, the mother of Our Lord, uh, Mary in the Magnificat, uh, which is such a powerhouse of a statement. Um, and, and, and so it's, it's not demure, it is not... Um, it's not, oh, let me tuck myself into bed now. It's, it's a reminder, I think, of what is coming. It's, and, 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 and what, what we can rest in. Exactly. It's, it's a reminder of, of the power that is God's. Mm-hmm. And it remind it keeps us rooted in the fact that God is God and we are not. And it's sort of like this, Mary, forgive me. It's sort of like this power ballad that you get right before you go to bed. <laughs> you know, it's it's like. If Mary had been alive in the 80s, I'm sure the magnificent. If power Mary ballad. had been alive in the 80s, she would have had amazing hair. Yes. And this the Magnificat would have been like the world's greatest power ballad. I mean, once we get passed through all of the things that she says about herself, um, we get to this point that she begins to talk about the things that God does. He has mercy on those who fear him. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and lifted up the lowly, filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty he has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy. These acts of stupendous power that God carries out because he remembered his promise of mercy. God does all of these things, this recapitulation of, of, the, of the order of the world out of mercy. Yeah, and and it is the divine reset. It is justice. Yeah. Not not what's what's fair but what's just. Yes. Um one of the things that comes up as I think about the idea of fairness and justice is something that I bring with me from my fundamentalist days is this throwaway phrase that you would often hear in it, it, that you would often hear in sermons that the, the, how did it go? The ground at the foot of the cross is level. It's actually not. By the yeah. Way. <laughs> yeah, it is Dalmatha not. It's actually raised up over the, it is not level. But in that moment when Christ is hanging on the cross, heaven and earth are, are are, re, are being recapitulated. Yeah. Who stretched out his arms upon the cross so that all may come within the reach of his loving embrace. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, 
I mean, you can't put words to it. I mean, as we go into Holy Week and as we enter into contemplation of those mighty acts by which Jesus has secured salvation for us, not to quote the collect verbatim, but here we are, it's important to remember that this is being done for mercy. This is being done for justice. Yeah. In the truest sense of the word. And here's Mary in the first chapter of Luke's gospel going, do you know what this child is going to be? And yes, for the record, Mary did know. (laughs) And here's your evidence. Yes. Uh, And and the the fulfillment of the law. Yes. The heart of the law is mercy. Always. I remember in our in our Old Testament class, um, uh, Dr. Rebecca Wright at at um, Swanee was talking about this this continuum that exists between righteousness and justice. Righteousness being right relationship between us and God, and justice being the relationship. Uh, the right relationship between us and our neighbors when it comes to stuff mm-hmm. and how God lies right at the heart of that crossroads that you can't have a right relationship with your neighbor unless you have a right relationship with God. And you can't have a right relationship with God. If you don't have a right relationship with your neighbor, it's a true balance that the law presents to the people Mm-hmm. Not just in, you know, the 613 commandments contained within the law, but also in the way that that those commandments teach us about how to live in harmony with each other. Mm-hmm. And Jesus doesn't come along and says, forget the law. Remember, Jesus says, I did not come to to destroy the law, but to fulfill it through mm-hmm. the act on the cross. That, of course, all happens because of a young woman who says, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, let it be unto me according to thy word. This kind of... (laughs) Do, Do not go gently into that good night. This kind of blows up evening prayer that you get a reading from Scripture that you're meditating on and then you stand... And often with incense, if you're in that kind of place, this is when it is is lighted. If you're doing it right. You're doing it right. Um, That you stand and you proclaim the Magnificat. You proclaim the the prophecy of righteousness and justice. This big thing as you're like ending your day. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so sad that we don't have anything to say about the deep power of evening <laughs> prayer. <laughs> <clears throat> and then, of course, after you've done your, your readings and you've done your canticles, of, of course, there's plenty we could say about the Nunc Um we're reminded at the end of the day what our faith is. We reaffirm our faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty. It's, 
it reminds me so much of that that tradition of of in Judaism of reciting the Shema. Mm-hmm. You know, we are reminded what our faith is often through the recitation of the creeds. It roots us in our identity as Christians. Um, and you you say the Shema at your waking and at your your mm-hmm. lying down to sleep. So that connection is is beautiful and and, and perfect. Yeah, the Shema Yisrael, if we're going to do it justice, but yeah, it's... And for those of you that don't know, this is the hero Israel, the Lord is one, the Lord is God, the Lord is one, um, that is recited every day. And then, just like morning prayer, we begin the actual prayers after we've already gone through this rich literature that is forming us and is speaking to us and is inviting us into this deeper contemplation of God as we end the days, then we begin to offer our prayers with the Lord's Prayer and then the suffrages. I happen to like suffrages B, an evening prayer, more than suffrages A. Well, I might change your mind, but but let's see. Let's start with A. All right. And then we'll go to B. So I, my personal favorite is A, particularly after what we've just talked about with those remembrances things, because of the things that we utter in response. Mm-hmm. And, and if you would indulge me, Father Tyler, uh, I'll read the verse and you read the responses just from A, if you have right. it up. Show us your mercy, O Lord. And grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world. For only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care. And guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth. Your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God. And sustain us by your Holy Spirit. So my draw toward A is because of the the call and response. Because um, if you are praying this within a community, you you take stock of it, You, you take... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? You have a part of it, mm. right? You have to engage with it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something within that plea that you have to do. Clothe your ministers with righteousness, O Lord, and let your people sing with joy. Let me sing with joy. Um Keep this nation under your care is the verse, but the response being, and guide us in the way of justice and truth. In, in so many of our other prayers, it's like, Lord, we pray for the leaders of our nation that they may da 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 And here it is. No, 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 it's me. Well, and just so that we're clear about something, clothe your ministers with righteousness isn't talking about the clergy. no. I mean, it is talking about the clergy, certainly, but we have to remember, and I say this as we, as all of us, 
we have to remember that the laity are the chief order of ministers in the church. Yes. So it's not just clothe the bishops, priests, and deacons, the threefold order of ministry with righteousness. Uh-uh. Ain't nobody getting off that easy. I'm not no. having it. We are it, it, all ministers. It, it is It is not. Your level of righteousness does not depend on who made your vestments. Like, <laughs> that's I would argue against that, but... Yeah, exactly. Um, there's there's a stake. You become a stakeholder. We become it. we become stakeholders in our baptism, and and this for the baptized drives home that truth. Yes. If we're stopping and paying attention to it. Yes. Do never. That is a good point. Never fly through evening prayer. Don't don't fly through any of this. Don't fly through any of the liturgies yeah. because if you if you begin to take the words for granted, and many do, and I, I certainly have been guilty of of taking the words for granted. When we take those words for granted, they lose their power. They lose their significance. When we when we become accustomed to the way that the words taste in our mouth, we forget the nourishment that they are providing to our bodies and our souls. Um, so it's important that, and that's why I love going to monasteries to listen to them pray the office, especially St. Gregory's. Mm. They take the time to slow it down and to taste those words and not just taste them, but savor them. Yes. It's so jarring to be in a monastery because they actually say the prayers and not just read the prayers. Yeah. It, it, it requires more than just speech to do this work. Um, it requires an engagement of, of heart, soul, and mind. It, it requires all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Savor, savor the prayers. <clears throat> I, I need to get that um, cross-stitched onto something. <laughs> Tattoos are also effective. But Tattoos are also effective. <laughs> my reason for liking Prayer B has to do with the sung service. Ah, oh, yes. And and these these suffrages have the rise and fall cadence that I just respond to. Well, would you like to go through that? It, it's been so long and I am so rusty that I'm sure I would mess up the tones, but uh, I, I always point people towards the sung service of, of evening prayer, also known as even song. Uh, well, see if you can pick it up. I'll, I, I, I've got the, um, the call. If you can remember the response and I'll, okay. I'll do it with you. That this evening may be holy, good, and peaceful. We entreat you, O Lord. That your holy angels may lead us in paths of peace and goodwill. We entreat you, O Lord. That we may be pardoned for our, forgiven for our sins and offenses. We entreat you, O Lord. That there may be peace to your church and to the whole world. We entreat you, O Lord, that we may depart this life in your faith and fear, 
and not be condemned before the great judgment seat of Christ. We entreat you, O Lord, that we may be bound together by your Holy Spirit in the communion of the ever-blessed Virgin Mary and all your saints, entrusting one another and all our life to Christ. We entreat you, O Lord. And I forgot that whenever I chant, my cat tries to join in. <laughs> you probably well, heard that. but It's funny that you mention it because my cat is actually sitting next to my chair and she looked up wondering why I was singing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, dueling cats here. The, uh, uh, the, the, the rise and fall of the tone and the rhythm and when you sing it, it forces you to, to slow the tempo. You well, and, and the other thing that this these suffrages remind me of is all of our prayers that we offer to God are actually us entreating God for all of the things that we that that the Holy Spirit that intercedes on our behalf with sighs too deep for words is entreating God is God the part of God that lives within us calling back to the God that is transcendent entreating God for all of the things that we actually need. Mm -hmm. It's a fine thing to pray for Teslas and millions of dollars and it, pray to God with whatever you want to pray about, keeping in mind that God may look at you and say, no, not today. <laughs> um, I've got something better in mind. Yeah. Um, and that being the key. Right. It's not an, it, I have never felt like it was ever a no. It's I've got something better. Yeah. I've got something deeper. I've got something more meaningful. Like God saying, oh, my son, oh, my daughter, oh, my child, if you only knew. Exactly. And, and so we've, we've offered, our, we've offered a, our suffrages, and then we go into the collects. And the collects are just, again, another set of rich prayers. Um. Uh, one of the, one of my favorites at uh, at the bottom of one twenty three, the collect for aid against perils. Be our light in the darkness, O Lord, and in your great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of your only Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. I have outside of evening prayer, I have prayed that so much that one particularly. Um, one of these that that is a constant uh, recurrent visitor on my Facebook feed is of course, keep watch dear Lord with those who work or watch or weep this night and give your angels charge over those who sleep, tend the sick Lord Christ, give rest to the weary, bless the dying, soothe the suffering, pity the afflicted, shield the joyous and all for your love's sake. There are times that I am praying that for other people, and there are times when I find myself numbered among one of those groups mentioned therein. When I was doing my hospital chaplaincy um, that we have to do for seminary CPE, um, I remember writing that on the whiteboard in the, the chaplain's office, and we would all kind of, like we never said it together, but we all kind of recognized it, and, and took it with us as, as we were leaving, um, particularly if we weren't on call that night, mm -hmm. um, remembering those who work or watch or weep this night, because there is always someone 
Yeah. Yeah. And of course, evening prayer wraps up just like, just like morning prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's after we offer those colics that our intercessions and thanksgivings are then offered. And again, I highlight that it's not intercessions or thanksgivings. It is intercessions and thanksgivings. It, that it is also it is prayer on other people's behalf, but it's also cultivating those prayers of gratitude, of of saying, of taking stock of our own lives and saying, God, thank you for all of this. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the general thanksgiving or the prayer of St. Chrysostom. And then the grace. Yeah. Just like evening prayer. Perfect bookends depend that it doesn't matter if you're starting the day or ending the day, whether it's starting the day at night and ending the day in the morning. Uh, You know, it's it's perfectly balanced um and it's it's so elegant and um the order for evening prayer that we laity we common folk we um those of us out in uh, uncloistered um praise evening prayer but of course in the monastery it is vespers mm. And one of my favorite things at St. Gregory's and Three Rivers was that Vespers always ended with, I, I could never tell if it was 15 minutes or a half hour, but there's an extended period of time where you either stay in, in your um, booth, in your seat, or go to one of the chapels or go for a walk, but you remain in silent meditation mm. after leaving evening prayer for an extended period of time. Um, and it was always before dinner at the monastery. So your stomach's probably making all these noises, but, uh, you go and you just, you have finished your prayers and you sit back and rest and you spend time with God without Mm -hmm. having to say anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and that being different from Compline, which is like everything's complete. Like there's still things you are still after evening prayer, you know, spending time with your family, um, watching late night TV. Right. <laughs> right. So, uh, I, I don't, I try not, unless if you, unless you have to try not to recommend jumping back into some kind of work or, or, or something like that after evening prayer but take the time to rest and prepare yourself and, and take stock of the day and joy in the evening, joy in, in what is around you. So to draw us out of, out of evening prayer, I want to take us back to the beginning, which is probably where we should have started. It's a very good place to start. <laughs> uh, and to talk about the order of worship for the evening. Do you want to say more than a few words about that? Yeah, so, so one thing that we also have is an order for worship for the evening, um, which begins on page 109 in the Book of Common Prayer. And this is something that um, can be part of evening prayer, 
or some other worship experience um, in the evening, um, a, a good way to begin a Tizay service or labyrinth walks or um, we, I know we did in seminary would begin a few, um, Eucharist with this every once in a while. And it um, reminds us of the darkness of the, the sun setting because you begin in darkness. And it's almost a service of, of preparation. And it always makes me feel like the beginning of Shabbat, um, if, particularly the scenes from like Fiddler on the Roof, if you watch them and they're beginning Sabbath. And uh, Golda and all the mothers, as they have the big uh, sunrise, or not sunrise, sunset, but uh, the Sabbath prayer. And the mothers of the house light the candles and close their eyes and bring the light in. Right. The table. And that is what an order of worship for evening does. Well, it is about lighting the candles and preparing the space. And almost all of this is mentioning light. Yeah. Um, you know, except for Easter through Pentecost and Lent and other penitential occasions. Um, but, but all the short lessons, um, Matthew 5, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Mm-hmm. City built on a hill cannot be hid, which has meant so much more to me now. I, I live on the Ohio River, and across from me is the, the hills of West Virginia, and there's a little house that sits right on top of one of them. And really, it can't be hid. Um, uh, it is not ourselves that we proclaim. Out of darkness, let light shine from uh, 2 Corinthians. Uh, Psalm 139, if I say, surely the darkness will cover me and the light around me turn to night, Darkness is not dark to you, O Lord. The night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light to you are both alike. And then we have the prayers for light. You know, you have some options there. You have a lot of options there. (laughs) Almighty God, we give you thanks for surrounding us as daylight fades with the brightness of the Vesper light. And we implore you of your great mercy that as you enfold us with the radiance of this light, so you would shine into our hearts the brightness of your Holy Spirit. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The next one is one that I always love using at vestry meetings because we usually meet at night. Um, But a kind of a reminder for those of us that are doing the work of the church. Grant us, Lord, the lamp of charity, which never fails, that it may burn in us and shed its light on those around us. And that its brightness we have, may have a vision of that holy city where dwells the true and never-failing light, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I may have to steal that idea. <laughs> that is a prayer for, for vestry meetings here in, in De Pere. Um, but this, this service to me speaks of, of um, the word that comes to mind is vestibule. It is leading us into something larger. It is pointing us towards the light. Mm-hmm. And go ahead. It, it, it's like a little, because we're in Holy Week, and this is where our mind is right now, it's a little Easter vigil. It is. It, it begins in darkness, and we welcome the light, and the light just spreads around us mm-hmm. until it is so bright that there is no shadow. Yeah. nothing can be hid. Yeah, and just this this is a service that is full of light. I think 
There's another name for this, which I'm going to screw up. But isn't the, it called the Lucinaria? Yes. Yeah, Lusa being being the word where we get light from. Light. Mm-hmm. Um, Star. Uh, it, it just it screams of light, and of course you get the Hilaron in this service too. Um, and then it after you go through all of these prayers for light and um, seasonal collects as is right. <laughs> and the Hilaron, the rubrics do this really great thing where it's like the service then may continue in any of the following ways with evening prayer, with the Psalms, with the celebration of the Holy Eucharist, beginning with the salutation, or it may be followed by a meal or other activity in which case the Hilaron may be followed by the Lord's prayer and a grace or a blessing, or it may continue as a complete evening office with selections from the Psalter, Bible reading, canticle, prayers, and a blessing or dismissal, or both. Uh, and so it, it exists as, as an entryway into something else. Um, and I love it. It's beautiful that you can just set it alone. Yeah. Um, there, at the bottom of 113, there are the two prayers, two collects. If there is not another collect um, to be used, either one of the following the collects for evening prayer or from Compline may be used, also used. But I love both of these. Uh, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of our Father, creator of the changes of day and night, giving rest to the weary, renewing the strength of those who are spent, bestowing upon us occasion of song in the evening. As you have protected us in the day that is past, so be with us in the coming night. Keep us from every sin, every evil, and every fear. For you are our light and salvation and the strength of our life. To you be glory for endless ages. Amen. In that, I, I always see like a, um, I don't know, like Victorian countryside or something. Uh, the, the farmer has come in from the field and taken off his boots and they've lit the fire and are preparing dinner, preparing supper and um, has his pipe and the little candles are all lit around. And it's just this warm, safe space at the end of the day. You know, it's, it's interesting that you have that experience of it because in that prayer, I also hear cadence of the Jewish prayers. Yes. Blessed are you, O Lord God of our fathers. You know, except, you know, in Hebrew, it's, it's Baruch Atah Adonai Elcheinu. Blessed are you, Lord God, King of the universe. But the blessed are you, O Lord, the God of our fathers. And then to end with that doxology, to you be glory for endless ages. It reminds me so much of a Jewish prayer. Yes. Um, hearkening back to our roots yet again. Mm. You know, it's just, there is so much comfort. There is so much hope. There is so much strength that is contained within our daily office. And obviously, it's it's 
clear because we've been doing this for how many weeks now? Yeah. And we're just now getting to evening prayer with one more office to go. Um, uh, but I I find myself more inspired, more drawn to these prayers after going through this sort of microscopic, dare I say it, dissection of these mm-hmm. prayers, of going through it and taking stock. Because when, when it is a part of your life, sometimes you do forget the deep significances that these prayers have. And it's easy to lose sight of that. So sometimes it's just nice to take a step back and go, what are we really doing here? Mm-hmm. And, and then don't, don't be afraid when you are doing your evening prayer, you're doing your morning prayer and you have one of those, oh, my mind just got blown moments. Yeah. Holy Spirit came in and whispered and tickled everything. And it's like, oh, wow. Because um, that's going to happen. Yeah. Happen. Yeah. Oh, um, well, to to round out the episode, one of the things that I hope people will be watching for on our Facebook page is an invitation to do a live streamed Compline with Father Joshua and I at the filming or taping, I guess I should say, of our next episode. Um, to participate with us with that, all you need to do is check out our Facebook page um, and uh, the details will be all there. It may be one of those things where we use an outside streaming service to beam to the Facebook page, or we'll figure out all of the logistics on our end. All we need you to do is to be there and to show up and to join with us as we really start, I think, leaning into building up the community aspect of what we're doing here. Yeah, We don't say our prayers in a vacuum. We don't do these liturgies in a vacuum. And so it's important that as we go, as we do, we build up the community that is coming with us and inviting others along for the journey. Um, So keep an eye peeled uh, for this as we get this as we get this event worked out and uh, put together. I will say, let us get through Holy Week, and then, then, then you'll see it. <laughs> uh, the the Lord the Lord uh, may be risen by the end of of Holy Week, but the clergy are often in the tomb. <laughs> uh, so let us, you know, uh, let's let's give us some time to get things worked out, and then we will definitely uh, get this. Compline service planned for all of us to participate in, and we'll look forward to seeing everyone uh, there that wants to be there. Um, announcement yeah. coming very soon. And, and we're very excited about that. Um, Father, because we've been talking about the order of evening, and I know on page 114, we, we get, for the first time in our offices, uh, the ironic blessing. Ah, yes. And it, particularly being a Holy Week, that in all our talk about uh, the Jewish influences in this service, I wonder if we may end with that. Make it so. The Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Amen. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Mm-hmm.